And this morning we are joined by special guest Carmen Carroll, who is a first-time author. Her book is called Pathways to Healing. So a lot of that understanding is in the title. So Carmen is with us now, and we're laughing because I always go, I'm not the only one who calls you Carol all the time, so I don't feel so bad. (laughs) But you are Carmen. I am. Come and come and come and come and. I am, I am, I am. Good morning. Good morning and welcome. I'm so honoured to be here, Sherry. It's oh, lovely. well, listen, you're very, very welcome and we're honoured to have you here. Um, you've been smiling, you've been laughing. I've read some extracts from your wonderful, inspirational and different book. Thank you. Um but you are a different person today. You are that smiling person. Mm-hmm. You're bright and confident, much different from when you were growing up. Yes. So my first question to you really is about you, your personality, yourself. Who are you and what makes you who you are? Isn't that the ultimate question that everybody wow. needs to answer uh, yeah. <laughs> early in the morning? <laughs> Before we can get into the interview, absolutely. I think, I, I think looking at me as a person, I think growing up I was quite a very creative child. Um, you could always find me in the corner um, writing my poetry or doing my drawings. And then when I look back now, it was actually a form of therapy, I guess, or self-soothing for what I was going through. And I didn't know that at the time, obviously, because mm. I enjoyed it. I, you know, we all find something naturally that we um, are drawn to when we're younger to deal with any issues that we're dealing with. And I think that creativity has evolved over the years where I've been in, involved in radio. <laughs> I used to do a radio show with my husband. Um, also to so many people will know it and also I um, run my own events a marketing company now so that creativity has blossomed into different mm. arenas and I, I love the arts, I love being creative, I love being expressive and I think it's a, it's a natural thing that we're all born with I think Well, some people are born with it, some people just have it naturally, some people don't have it but don't realise they've got no, it true. until they just bring it out, so we're all creative is what you're saying yeah and I think I think okay that's a really good point because you need to be in the right environment for that to come to the forefront don't you so if you're in a negative environment then maybe that negative that creativity won't come and blossom as much as it possibly could Mm. yeah well you were lucky from that point of view because you were able to use your creativity to survive let's put it that way Mm. so let's just tell me about your your home life um, where you grew up your parents where your parents are from yeah. and where you are in the family. I think you're the baby. I'm so, the baby. A, a bit about you at home. So I'm the um, eighth child, <laughs> the last baby. So in the Caribbean community, some people say the wash belly. <laughs> so I'm the last child and um, four girls, four boys. And it was an environment for most, like most Caribbean families. We never all grew up in the same home because my parents, before they got together, they had their own children. So yeah, and I think I grew up in St Paul's, lovely St Paul's, um, most of my life, and then uh, transitioned over to Eastern, and now I'm living in another part of the area, uh, Bristol. So um, I think for me, as a person, I have always liked being involved in events. I've always liked being in, in involved in things that bring people together. Mm. I guess I'm a reconcili- reconciliator. Mm. I like if there's an issue or something like that, I'm the sort of person that would go in, let's sit down, let's have a chat, let's look at this. And yeah, and I think that's my natural ability to do that. From a young child, when we used to have, I used to call family meetings. 
Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's sit down and talk as a family. Let's, you know, let's talk as a family and let's sort this out. So uh, I think... <laughs> I think that's something I naturally sort of like moved into and then that like moved into my work. So parents from the West Indies came here in the 60s like most Caribbean people did. Um, Which island yeah. in the Caribbean? Um, Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica. Lovely, mm. lovely Jamaica. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting how you say you used to call family meetings. <laughs> you were the youngest. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Did people listen to you family meetings what are you on about just be quiet <laughs> well I think I think when I was younger uh, Sherry I think I was quite in tune to people's emotional feelings I and then I realized that I became, I'm an empath I can pick up on stuff that other people maybe feeling not saying so then I would almost like try to understand as a child why are they sad and so what could I do almost like to help them to be happy, if you know what I mean? And so um, I think even though I was aware that I was an empath and also quite sensitive, I guess they, they go together hand in hand, I found that as I was growing up within my family environment, I found that some of my siblings were being quite um, vindictive towards me, um, treating me differently to the other siblings. And it was almost like, OK, what have I done? <laughs> that has warranted this amount of pain and this amount of anger. I could never find the answer, even though I asked. There was never an answer. There was never anything that I could... I was told, OK, you did this, this and this that I could apologise for. So then I thought, OK, so then is something wrong with me then? So then when you start looking at yourself, is there something wrong with me? You then start having a, a, a sense of shame and blame. And then that puts you in a place of isolation because, you know, something's wrong with me. So if I... Just, separate myself from them, then I won't be bullied, then I won't be picked on. And so there's a lot of stuff there. I talk about in the book a little bit about depression and what that can do to you psychologically and also mentally and physically. <clears throat> so there's a lot there's a lot in the book, Sherry, that I think a lot of people can pick stuff out of and identify with. Mm. Was there any time that you felt your siblings felt that you were overreacting? Oh, oh gosh. get over yourself. Oh gosh, yeah, I was always told you're too sensitive, <clears throat> or I was told, oh, you didn't, that didn't happen like that, or you didn't see it like that, and then I thought, okay, am I not having my, I, I, am I not seeing this from my perspective? Am I not feeling what I'm feeling? So you then start judging yourself, or you then start questioning yourself, and then it almost puts you in a place where you don't then go in and ask any more questions, because if you're always seeing it wrong, then it must be me. <laughs> I must be wrong. And so um, it, it, I think for a lot of people, they may be a bit to identify with being, uh, feeling like isolated in their family, even though it may have been a small family or a big family, or feeling that they didn't f quite fit. They didn't quite fit into the dynamics of the family makeup. Mm -hmm. There could have been a parent that was more overprotective um, to one child than the other. There could have been a parent that untreated one child less favorably than the other. And that made them feel like, okay, if I don't belong here, where do I belong? Mm. So there's a lot of questions that, you know, when we grow up in our family, that we learn a lot of how to identify, of belonging to our family and then belong to society. But if you don't first belong to your family, how how could you then interact in society? Mm, so it's all point. connected. And so I think for me growing up, I was very depressed when I look back on my life now. And I, and I found that when I wrote some of my poems, I thought, oh my gosh, what state was I in? You know, it's just quite sad. Mm. I almost feel like I had to 
just thank my younger self uh, for going through so much. Mm. I had to fight a battle that I didn't know I had to fight, and it, it's really amazing. I'm a woman of faith, so I found that my faith helped me um, to overcome a lot of stuff later on in my life. Wow. Well, you mentioned your parents and obviously your big family. Um, much of that time, your your siblings would have been there to look after you, I would imagine. What support did you get from your parents? Well, I think um, I mentioned in the book that my dad was quite a very um, strict um, man. Um, I think for most Caribbean families, they will probably identify with that. Hmm. And also in other cultures as well. But my dad was very overprotective um, to the point whereby it was almost like really stifling. Um, And so I think I found that my emotional abuse started with my dad because he used to pick on me quite a lot when I was younger for no apparent reason and then I think okay what have I done you know that makes me so angry and I and I mentioned in the book that when I was about eight there was another Saturday morning we woke up wake up doing the house chores before we can have our leisure time you know and I was in the kitchen and my dad just came into me and started attacking me verbally and I thought wow what have I done and I was so upset with that that I actually went out to the back and said to him who has hurt you so much that you have to hurt me so much? And that's an eight-year-old child. Mm. And so I thought, okay, I had an, an awareness of what was going on, but I didn't have a name for it, Sherry. I didn't have a name. I didn't know what it was called. I didn't. I couldn't put my finger on it. Mm. And it wasn't until I was later on in my late 30s, I think, I was reading a book by a lady called Beverly Ingle, and she writes books about people that have gone through emotional or sexual abuse. And she mentioned the word emotional abuse in the book. And you know what? That's what it was. That's what it was. The light bulb went off in my mind. Mind, I almost had a, like a relief of, oh, this is what it's called, you know, and I just then started on my journey mm. to healing. Yeah. Because I had something to work with. Wow. And so to me, I can feel it even right now, I had something to work with that could get me to a place of trying to work through these family dynamics that I was born into, that I didn't understand what mm. was going on. And I think my, my I, when I look at my father's um, experience, he didn't have a really good childhood, like most Caribbean families didn't came from a very difficult place but what happens is that parents tend to put their anger onto their children unknowingly or knowingly in very um, detrimental ways Mm. verbal um, abuse is not always seen so people will think yeah you are too sensitive why are you reacting to that but that goes deep particularly if you're a sensitive child because you pick that up and so there's a lot in there that needs to be unpacked. You're right. I mean, the the layers, you talk about, you know, coming over in the Caribbean, what experience did your parents have when they got here? Mm. You know, how easy was it for them to find accommodation? What was work like, even though work may have been easy to find? Well, how were people treated in work? And what about, you know, wages? You know, how hard was it to make ends meet, even if you're working? Did your parents work night? You know, there's so many different layers and um, and frustrations. I'm not making any excuses for anyone. And, you know, people have lots of different experiences. But it seemed like the brunt came with you. Even in the book, you mentioned black sheep of the family. That's a term that you, that you used. And you were the youngest and you brought that on. You, you gave yourself that title because that's how you felt. What about your siblings towards you? Because ultimately, 
um, it was the experiences you had, starting with your dad, you say, but your siblings, that led you to a depression that you had to get out of, even though you did recognise what it was, mm. and that was your, your, your first moment to coming out of depression. You didn't do it on your own. But did you have any support from your from your siblings, or were they perpetrators of um, the mental abuse as well? Well, I think some of the, some of my siblings. I'll say some of them because obviously I can't say who that was, or who it, whom it was, or could have been. Um, I think. Uh, how can I say? Some people express how they feel negatively inside. Um, directed at somebody out externally because sometimes it, it for some people if I can push my anger and my frustration onto somebody else then that doesn't mean I don't have to deal with it myself because then you are the I'm, if I have someone that I can target my anger towards mm. then I can say you're the problem you are the one that has made me into made me feel like this you've made me go through this or whatever it is and I think a lot of people that are angry and frustrated um, deal with it in different ways. Some people deal with it through domestic abuse, unfortunately, as we know. Some people deal with it through alcohol. Some people deal with it with actually, you know, hitting their children or abusing their children. But then other people deal with it directly at an individual physical human being in front of them. And so I would ask the questions, what have I done? Like I said, I would ask, what have I done? Give me the opportunity to apologise, but there was nothing, ever anything there. So the title of the book is Pathways to Healing, Overcoming Childhood Trauma and Adult Pain of Sibling Estrangement. And so I realised that that is a long title card. Why is it so long? Because it encapsulates my experience. I couldn't leave the child out and I couldn't leave the adult out. So I had to put it together mm. and what the estrangement means is that yes I am estranged from some of my siblings today because there was a point in my life that I had to make a decision for myself that I can't keep living in this cycle of toxicity I just couldn't mm. it was just too much um Sherry it, it required so much of me as a person that I almost thought can I, can I actually overcome this I thought can I actually overcome this because mm. I can't seem to get out of it and on the front of the book it's actually a maze and so that was my life. I was in this maze, mm. this family dynamics that I couldn't get out of. And I thought, what is my life about? Mm. And I thought, okay, God. And I was actually angry with God. And I said, okay, you need to give me some help because I can't do this by myself. Mm. Well, listen, Carmen, we're going to take some music and uh, your story is absolutely captivating. We want you to, let's take a break. I know the other women want to come in with questions. We have so many for you. I'm glad you're staying to the end let's take some music and come straight back with Carmen Carroll and we are talking with Carmen Carroll who is a first-time author her book is called Pathways to Healing and it is out very shortly and we're so lucky because we have her in the studio the book actually it hasn't been launched yet so this is a great great teaser for it I for one honestly would like to purchase one oh, and I, I certainly will so um, the real women would like to come in and ask you loads of questions and I have to say we have been talking in that song during that song we cannot stop so Sue you go first yes well what I'm thinking of is there'll be people listening to us now and they'll be thinking mm, I've got problems with my sister's brothers you know, I think maybe I'm getting emotional abuse from them. And as you say, it can be a real toxic thing. I mean, I, I, I was lucky I had good relationships with my brother and sisters until a certain issue. And then it was, 
it affected me really deeply and I just wondered if you got any advice for other people who are going through this who are recognising that maybe they're subject to sibling abuse because it's not a subject that's had a lot of publicity, is it? Mm. I think, first of all, what, what I found out is that I, as I grew up, that my voice was being stifled. <clears throat> I was finding that I didn't have a voice and I, like I said, I was being shut down um, accused, blamed of many things that I didn't do and I think for me I want people to be able to read the book and find out that they have a voice or to remember that they have a voice and that their voice is important and I think it's important to get external support if you can't get internal support there are a lot of organisations out there the Samaritans, there are churches, there are lots of things out there that people can go to um, anonymously if they want to and get support and I think it's good to actually talk about it with somebody else so you can actually get it out of your system if you know what I mean to mm. start the, pr- the process of your journey because when you hear something that you've gone through in, in audible sound it makes a different impact on you rather than having it going around in your head and getting all caught up in all this drama in your head you need, you need to get it out so get someone to help you get someone to listen to you that you can feel you can trust to share your gems with Ooh. yeah Thank you. Okay, Mandy, we I know we we've been talking, we, and you feel like you've answered your your questions been answered already. I know. Well, I feel very nervous about what to ask because it is such a personal. It's so personal, mm. and I, you know, so I um. But I mean, my question was about sort of. I guess you are obviously on good terms with some of your siblings, and um, do you have a good relationship with them now? Uh, Yes, I do have a good relationship with some of my siblings, and some of them I'm estranged from. And that does make me really sad, actually, because you don't expect to get in your older years and not be in contact with your siblings, and it's quite a difficult thing to um, get your head around. And it is a day-to-day thing that you have to walk through. But I think, I do mention in the book, um, I, there's a section in the book called Pathways uh, to Healing where I actually outline um, quite a lot of things that people can do to just walk through their own journey. And even though it's throughout the book, um, just pointers on what to do, you know, looking at your depression, are you depressed? At each section of the, of the book or chapters, there are a couple of questions that I ask the, the readers to just go through. One, say for instance then, how are you feeling right now? Can you identify your siblings, the ones that treat you differently to the others? And it's actually a self-help book as well. Mm. So I, I, And I do actually say to the readers, okay, if this question is too much to deal with right now, just leave it. Put it down and come back to it another time. But I want people to be able to get the stuff out of their head so they can get the answers that they need and then get the external support. Mm. I think it's really um, it's interesting how pathways to healing. One, that's a that's a great term. Yeah. It, it really is a great sentence because if you have trauma, you want to know how to get out of that trauma. But words are just words really it's unless you put those words into action that can make a difference the action can make a difference to how you're feeling and I guess your book talks about how you turn those words into action yes because I want people to realize that they have the ability to change their lives but they have to do something but they have to do something yeah and I think some people when you are in a depressed state when you are in a cycle of toxicity you almost feel that there's no options for you remember I said the book on the front of the book is a maze you feel that every turn you take 
you think, oh, this is going to be the way out for me. This is going to be the way out for me. And then you constantly get back into it. Mm. And so then I, when um, Manny just asked me the question, I had to make a decision, a, a real personal decision, that I can't keep going through this toxicity with some of my siblings. Mm. And I actually had to walk away from that. And um, I think um, since I've made that decision, I've come back to a pathway to myself. Mm. You know, I've come back to me and I thought... Wow, I really like myself. <laughs> I really love myself and I really and I accept myself and I thought, okay, Cara, before you can help anybody else, you have to go on your own journey. You have to walk through that yourself. And I love myself now. And before I never really liked myself, Sherry. You know, like I said, I never um I was almost doing to myself what was being done to me. Yeah? And that's that's a cycle of, of, of abuse. You can abuse yourself because other people are abusing you because you feel like you're not worth anything. You're not worth love. I didn't know where I fit. And so now I feel that I'm so blessed to be able to be in a position now where I've got a book. Come on. I've got a book talking about my stuff. And it's like, first of all, I didn't want to share it, obviously, because it's personal. You said that, mm-hmm. Mandy. It was my sister. Why am I going to tell other people about this? This is personal. Why would I share this? Mm-hmm. But then I realized, car, it was for other people. You've got to look at this for other people. And then I realized that now I'm talking to you now, I don't feel it in me. Mm-hmm. I know how much the healing has happened in my life. And so if I can help one person, then it's worth it, isn't it? Oh, well, listen, Carmen, I'm going to st- uh, finish how we started. And that was, who are you today? Who are you today? I think I am a person that has a lot to offer. I have, I'm a person of hope. I'm a person of um, who seeks to find the truth in stuff. I like to find the truth in stuff. And I'm, I'm a person I like... I like to reconcile. <laughs> I like to be a person of reconciliation, however that looks and whenever that happens. Mm. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to ask you to stay with us. And uh, if people want to know how they can get the book, how they can access the book, then you need to stay with us as well. Carol's going to be here until 11 o'clock. We're going to take some more music and then we're going to come back with the question of forgiveness. The real women want to talk about forgiveness. How important is it? We've just heard um, some of the story from Carmen Carroll and her growing up uh, relating to her book, Pathways to Healing. And forgiveness actually dovetails quite beautifully from that topic. Um, How important is forgiveness? What if forgiveness isn't an option because you've been hurt so badly you feel you haven't got it in your heart to do that um i want to bring this to the real women and have a little think about this word forgiveness it's it's a word that we've spoken about before and it's much easier said than done and i have to start with you carmen really because that's what you've had to do to move forward am i guessing no, you're not guessing. And I think forgiveness is a journey in itself because you can say, I forgive you for what you did, I forgive you for what you said, but then it's a process because the thing is, you can't unknow that now. You can't unknow what someone's done to you, isn't it? Mm. It's a part of who you are, it's, a, it's in your mind. And um, I think the journey of forgiveness is actually recognising that you hold um, these people lightly in your hands and don't hold things against them in terms of you don't go out to um, find revenge. That doesn't help anybody. 
so you actually come to a place of compassion. Um, yeah. Compassion is a big thing that we all need in our lives. And sometimes when we've been hurt by people that we love, I love my siblings very dearly, hurt by people that we love, we have to have some compassion. And um, I know that for me, my forgiveness journey was actually a day-to-day -day thing. Because before now, Sherry, I would wake up every morning and this would be on the first thing on my mind, the family stuff first thing on my mind and I mentioned in the book that you know um, I became ill I became ill physically ill because of this emotional strain and so I think even now my forgiveness is still working through my journey mm. um, I'm more com I'm more open now to forgive people for stuff because I realize that they've gone through something themselves that has made them into the person that they are and I would want them to find a place of healing as well. I, of course I do. I want them to find some place of healing. And anyone that's going through this, I want you to find a place of healing. Mm. And that comes from forgiveness. And that comes from forgiveness. Sue? Yeah. I think... I think the, the, the thing that is most important is to try to understand why the person behaved like that. You may or may not find it in, in yourself to forgive. But if you can start to understand, then I think that kind of softens the, the very hurt, brittle edges that you've got from being hurt by this person so much. Um, you know, and also, to me, forgiveness means they've got to acknowledge that they've done something wrong. I, I know some people dispute that and they say forgive anyway. But to me, if somebody says, I'm sorry, I realise I did do you a lot of harm and I am very sorry about it, then I think it's a lot easier to forgive. But if they don't think they've done anything wrong, <laughs> they think they're quite entitled to do it and they're not opening their minds to have the insight to see what they've done to you, mm. then I, I'm not sure that forgiveness doesn't just lay you open to getting more of the same, more abuse. But I've got a slightly jaded viewpoint on this, perhaps. Mm. Interesting to listen to, though. When people say... Let it go, let it go. Such an easy thing to say, but a hard thing to do. But when people say, I can forgive you, surely, and I'm putting this out there, surely that gives yourself healing. Yes, because forgiveness isn't, isn't just for them, it's for you. It it, it, it it creates in you the ability to let go of what they did. It doesn't mean that they're not um, still uh, liable then for what they did to you. It's actually letting go of the pain in you because you're walking around with that hurt, open wound constantly and you need to let that wound heal. And it only will heal when you let it go. Because say, for instance, then if someone's dead, someone's died that needs to forgive you, what do you do then? You still have to walk through the process of forgiving them even though they've died but they're not going to say sorry because they can't. Mm. And you're so, still alive. You, yeah. you, you want to live and you want to live well yeah. and happy. I, I suppose um, it's that thing that if you're taking in negativity, I mean, Grace would talk, she would talk glowingly about this, wouldn't she, Sue? When, when Grace talks about, this is um, another one of our real women, she talks about letting it go and feeling healing within yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you're not forgiving, you're holding on that bitterness that could cause illness. 
Yes. And that's what she will talk about. Is that something that you may identify with? Yes, I think I mentioned in the book that I became ill and I went to the doctors and they couldn't find anything wrong with me because I think it was psychological. I think it was all psychological. But then later on, a few years later, I, I, I got um, this thing called lambiontitis, which is similar to vertigo, <coughs> where I woke up one morning, I heard a pop in my head, and I thought, what the, what's going on here? And I couldn't lift my head up from the bed and I had to literally get my husband to come in and pray over me because I couldn't lift my head off the bed. And the strange thing about that is I went to work. Can you believe it? I should have went to the doctors, isn't it? Stupid. <laughs> I should have went, went to the doctors. But I went to, I went to work and I, basically I felt like I was floating. I couldn't feel the ground underneath my feet. And then I would have bouts where I'm... I would feel like I'm falling forward and then I would actually have to stop in mid-flow of walking just to get myself balanced and I had that for two years and so I came through that and I thought that was really horrible you know that instability in your body mm. really horrible but yeah it can have physical consequences unforgiveness I read an, um, an expression once I can't remember what the book it was but it, um, it talks about how you drink your own poison basically when you are struggling to forgive someone, you know, and that I think that's a very yeah. real thing. And like you're saying, it has real physical. Yeah. It does feel like that every day. Um, yeah. Well, I can't help feeling that within the conversation of forgiveness, um, peace comes out of it if you if you manage to find that ability to forgive. You give yourself peace. Carmen, I want to ask you where we can find your book, Please. when the launch is taking place. I'm so excited. Um, I bet you are. <laughs> I bet you are. And, and obviously you're, you're doing this for people who you can help. So... So the book launch actually is this Friday, the 29th of October, yeah. and it's going to be online, so it's going to be on, on Zoom, mm -hmm. and people can, um, between the hours of 7 and 8, it's only an hour, so yeah. hopefully we're able to get enough packed into that for, to help people, mm -hmm. and people can go to Eventbrite, and they could search <coughs> Patricia Raymer, uh, Raymer is R-H-E-M-A, and that's my events company, or they can put in Pathways to Healing overcoming childhood trauma maybe pathways should just be enough to bring it up yeah. or they can go to the facebook page there's a pathway to healing facebook page or they can also go to carmencarol.com and that's my website and carol is two r's wonderful now if people can't get you then there's a problem you, you've given us some great information there 29th of october it is online from seven to eight eventbrite look up pathways to healing and you will find it thank you. i have to say a huge thank you thank you carmen for coming in and sharing it. your story um i i hope your your book goes to help thousands of thousands of people out there it's an international book yeah. it's online as well so anyone can get it we wish you all the very best and uh, congratulations and thank you for sharing your story with us thank with you. the real women thank you